This is the Bad Batch Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about the Bad Batch 206 Tribe. I'm Omega. What's your name? <laughs> My Wookiee's a little rusty, but I think he says his name is Gunji. <laughs> you catch that? He's been on the run since Order 66, and was attempting to reach the Wookiee homeworld of Kashyyyk before he was captured by those smuggling droids. I'm not sure how you survived this long on your own, but it's impressive. If he's trying to get to his homeworld, we can take him. Been a while since we've been to Kashyyyk. Welcome back, fellow Batchers, to TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about the sixth episode of Season 2 of The Bad Batch Tribe. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Batchers. I am one of your other hosts, John. And hello to all you baddies out there. I am Chris. Welcome back, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's another episode. It's another week. Yeah, we're about a third of the way through um, The Bad Batch Season 2. Yeah, it it and it's... It has some ups, it has some downs, mm-hmm. it has some in-betweens. Yeah. It is pretty much a standard show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're we're back with the adventures of the Bad Batch again uh, this week. Another another kind of standalone adventure that we see this time. Yes, absolutely. And But I think, it, it, you know, what's great about this particular episode is, is the insertion of you know, former clone troopers in the Bad Batch mm-hmm. um, sort of with the Wookiees mm-hmm. and uh, on Kashyyyk. Uh, yep. So I really kind of enjoyed that because to me, Kashyyyk and the Wookiees, they are, you know, they're the persecuted, mm-hmm. absolutely persecuted um, species yep. uh, in this galaxy by the empire, you know, that genocidal type mm-hmm. um, sort of, focus are on the Wookiees by the Empire yeah. uh, and this is kind of you know the start of that so um it, it's I kind of like that insertion of clone troopers which the Wookiees must have a huge amount of distrust for mm-hmm. um given their turn on the Jedi with Order 66 mm-hmm. uh, so that that was quite um, a nice little part of this episode and as you say they're they're consistent uh, kind of stripping of Kashyyyk for all of its resources as well so uh, they don't have a lot of love for the empire at all yeah no for me we're we're getting like a lot of we're we're three adventures of the weeks Mm -hmm. and three storylines kind of more important ones Mm -hmm. um and I, I that for me is at the moment I'm I'm hoping the balance shifts a bit further mm-hmm. into storyline-based ones. Mm. Um, I, I know we do have a double hitter coming up next week, mm-hmm. um, so very soon. So yeah. I'm hoping that is then that shifts the balance. But it it it's fun. There there at least at least this episode does kind of expand the lore on for some of you kind of deep Clone Wars Rebel type guys as mm-hmm. well as yeah. um, uh, kind of just anyone really into Star Wars lore. Um, but it does also just feel very standalone, which is maybe I'm getting too much into it, but we can talk more about it later. Yeah. yeah. Although it did get me on a trajectory of watching 
um, the young Jedi arc from season five, I think, yep. of the Clone Wars with, that has uh, Gunji, the Wookiee uh, Jedi, in there, mm-hmm. training, finding their crystals to construct their lightsaber. And actually, just that three-story arc um of episodes was really really good really enjoyed it um and i was gonna actually say chris i know you've been looking for kyber kyber crystals throughout our coverage of uh of the bad batch go back and watch season five episode six of uh of the clone wars and it is all about younglings going to collect their kyber crystals and create their lightsabers it's a story that you would particularly really enjoy Okay. And the thing is, after watching those three, I kind of then watched the next three mm. and the following three. So I suddenly went down a, a, a massive rabbit hole of <laughs> watching tons of Clone Wars. Um, and actually, maybe, you know, to your point about Mission of the Week and so on, mm. even if in between some of these bigger points um, that we um, get in The Bad Batch, even just having it as a three-story mm-hmm. arc in between... Would be really useful, I think, for the Bad Batch, just yeah. to link some of these missions together. Now, I guess that is Sid, but then at the same time, we've probably just not had enough of Sid for that gelling. Mm. You know, if you, you think of the, um, of episode four uh, and the big don't trust her, you know, she mm. will throw you under the bus type thing. Even if it was just that kind of, um, doubting of Sid or, or throwing that doubt onto her within the, that that you know an arc of three yeah. uh, on these missions uh, would that would be a really useful structure because at the moment it, yeah I, I'm kind of with you Chris uh, I, I kind of want to see the balance shift a bit more yeah. to um, I guess what we got with um, the the third episode with the solitary clone mm. uh, where that that feels connected um, yeah. to the previous season yeah. uh, but but nonetheless. I like that it connects in with Clone Wars with Gunji, um, having Gunji back here uh, as well. So that that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I probably agree with you guys. I, I know that this show will always have its standalone comedy episodes, yeah. the ones that are for the kids, and I, I totally get that. But having gone back and watched those episodes of Clone Wars with you, John, it was really interesting to see that it was, for the most part in those last couple of seasons, it was three-episode arcs, whereas here we start off with the mid-mission and then the mission takes a turn in the Clone Wars you would have had that first part of the episode would be an episode on its own leading into this twist and then it would have a third part to wrap it up so uh, you would stretch this story across three episodes rather than just jumping into the middle of an adventure effectively Uh, but we will talk obviously about uh, the episode in full spoiler full detail uh, as we continue to go on Uh, make sure you have subscribed to the podcast you can subscribe over on TV Podcast Industries or just searching for TV Podcast Industries on any Empire supporting or uh, revolutionary rebellion supporting podcast player of your choice Uh, we also want to hear your thoughts on the show Uh, please email us to feedback back at tvpodcastindustries.com with your thoughts on any episode of any show that we're covering. Uh, you can also pop over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries where there's a spoiler post for every episode of every show that we're covering as well. Uh, let's get into the episode details for this show though. Derek, what are the episode details? Well, executive producers for the show are Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. This episode, once again, written by Matt Mignovitz, uh, who is the story editor for the series so far and has written loads of episodes of the series as well. Uh, this episode was directed by Stuart Lee, and this is his third episode of the season. Very good. Yeah. And John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 6, Tribe? Sure. 
While delivering forged chain codes to the smuggling ship Vanguard Axis, Amiga encounters Gunji, a young Wookiee and former Jedi Padawan. He is being tortured by the droid of the ship as they are transporting him for sale. Sacrificing their mission, the Bad Batch free Gunji and bring him back to his home planet of Kashyyyk. The Wookiee is distrustful of the former Republic commandos following Order 66. When they arrive at Kashyyyk, they discover that Imperials have invaded the planet and are using a group of Trandoshans to enslave the population and strip the planet of minerals to support their war effort. The Bad Batch make a stand with a tribe of Wookiees and defeat the Trandoshans and Imperials. The Wookiees' leader, Yan, provides a home for Gunji, as he doesn't remember anything about where he might have been from on Kashyyyk. And I hasten to add as well um, that it is, yes, Trandoshans, not Kardashians. No, uh, it's I not. I kept thinking this is the Kardashian race. <laughs> no, no, that's from Star Trek, John. Exactly. They were a very big race there. Uh, interestingly, if you guys didn't know, Sid is also a Trandoshan. That, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just I thought that was quite interesting in this episode because the Trandoshans are known as being quite uh, villainous creatures. We've yes. known them from Bosk, uh, who was a, uh, a bounty hunter in Empire Strikes Back, uh, kind of a lizard-looking creature, and now the Trandoshans here working very closely with the Imperials. Uh, but Sid is also Trandoshan. A much kinder and nicer tradition. Seemingly so, yes. She's quite harsh or to our bad batch. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. But let's get into our blaster points for this episode. We've already talked a lot about this already, but our, our kind of our first blaster point for the episode is welcome back, Gunji. Um, seeing Gunji here again, this uh, this force sensitive uh, Wookiee who who people saw in the trailer. If you didn't watch Clone Wars, we did see Gunji in the trailer, so uh, kind of cool seeing him here. Um, carrying his lightsaber, his green lightsaber that we saw him create back in the Clone Wars. That was quite cool, a little, little touch there. Um, a mahogany-infused um, lightsaber, n- no less. Yes, it's kind of got a wood mm, effect, yeah. uh, in keeping with that Wookies. kind of... The Wookiees and, yeah. and their more sort of natural sort of sensitivity. Uh-huh. Um, a, a bit like the uh, Navi in uh, Avatar. Oh, look at you. <sighs> Look at you connecting more, uh, more other uh, extra worlds yes, outside, exactly. of, outside of Star Wars. Um, but I, I kind of, I, I do like this here. I like what it's saying outside what it's saying in the episode. Again, you know, Chris, we've mentioned before, hasn't watched uh, the Clone Wars, so this is a, a new character him to him yeah. having having Gunji the uh, the uh, the Wookie uh, Jedi here. But one of the things I do like about uh, about this idea of bringing him in is the last time we saw him, he was with a very tight group of younglings. Another, there's there's five of them that were all brought together uh, as a group by Ahsoka to to start their Jedi path on and building their lightsabers. Here we find Gunji captured uh, by the uh, by the smugglers on this ship, the Vanguard Axis, is going to be sold on as a Wookiee. Uh, generally, he, they are uh, well wanted in the slave trade, as as we'd mentioned before. They're they they tend to get captured and uh, and brought into the slave trade. So um, he is very wanted for that, but also a being a force sensitive Wookiee that makes him even more valuable to the to the smugglers, I suppose, uh, which I think is an interesting story. And the fact that he's been separated from the rest of the younglings as well is quite uh, is an interesting uh, back end to it. My one complaint about the episode actually is by choosing Gunji out of all of those uh, younglings, most of whom you could have a conversation with and find out their backstories, having a Wookiee here and them not ever connecting the story to what happened to the rest of the of the younglings feels like a little bit of a waste. Uh, seems like a, a, a misstep or a, a 
a poor choice to me. Um, yeah, like, I, did they all die in Order 66? Hmm. Or did they continue as this tight-knit group and, yeah. and survived and have, you know, been on the run, mm-hmm. sort of, or again, together, even... Or- yeah. Being part, you know, disparate part of this growing uh, rebellion mm-hmm. against what's happened in the galaxy, yeah. um, and just having that context would be really good. I yeah. mean, even you know, we we see here Gunji is only vaguely, um, only vaguely remembers his homeworld of Kashyyyk and and through his dreams that it could also link in with you know dreams of his fellow jedi yeah. padawans um, like that. from from back in the day yeah so and, yeah. That, and that of course is a reference to the fact that he doesn't remember Kashyyyk is a reference to the the old version of uh of the jedi they would have been taken at birth if they're found to be force sensitive taken away from their family and their new family becomes the jedi that they're surrounded with the younglings that they train with similar to what we see from stormtroopers in the future that they're taken from their families and uh, and brought to the to the empire so yeah. um so that that's a reference to the fact that he doesn't remember Kashyyyk because he would have been taken as a child from his uh, from his whole community so um so i i like all of that stuff when you can kind of layer it on on top of it so but i i do feel it's a little bit of a mistake to not have that conversation with uh, our main cast here the bad batch to explain yeah all that that's to the audience, true I, I mean the one thing i did like in terms of um this whole Gunji arc uh, was, you know, that his suspicion of uh, Bad Batch Unit 99, given their clone troopers, given yeah. what he's seen, uh, the, you know, the killing of Jedis, I assume, under Order 66. Mm-hmm. So that whole thing and, you know, linking to the Bad Batch, realizing, you know, they are different from the, the other clones and certainly from what's, um, being born out of the the new republic with the empire and the, the stormtroopers that mm-hmm. they you know they don't believe in this mission that of the the new empire the yeah. new galactic empire so i i like that um sort of element to this story as well mm-hmm. yeah um okay so i'm going to come in i'm coming in as the newbie so mm-hmm. i have not seen gunji before the initial awe moment for me was it's another Wookiee. Mm-hmm. Um, the universe is huge in, yeah. in the Star Wars universe. So what I, my, the downside for me is that it is a known planet. It is a known quantity in Kashyyyk, in a Wookiee, in kind of a Wookiee being a Jedi, because I've seen that before. Oh, okay. So yeah. I was kind of hoping, I was like, oh, could, could you not give me one of the other m- hundreds of, Alien races, where we have not really got, because that's how we get to know more about the, 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 the universe mm. of the Star Wars universe, because the Trandoshans started off as a backgang character in Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. on Jabba the Hutt's barge and in his castle as a bounty hunter. Like, that's all they were. And then we got introduced more and more and more, and we learned more about the. So for me, I was kind of hoping for more them to test the water in a bit more. Mm-hmm. Kind of give me a bit more lore about the universe. Give me a bit more X Y Z. Give me an unknown race right. of a Jedi kind of a training because we saw like there was a little squid baby kid in uh, in the prequels as well mm. um, as a youngling. So I was just that's I was like ah. Oh, what Gunji is cool. 
character, mm-hmm. like in the in what he is, and that reveal. If you have not seen the Clone Wars, where he's reaching into into the crate and pulls out his lightsaber, mm-hmm. is pretty spectacular. If you've not seen that, because you're like, yeah. oh, cool, a Jedi. I'm happy that. now. I get lightsaber yeah. blasties. Yeah. Um, it's that. F- so there is that kind of give and take. Yeah. In where you do give uh, the known quantity for some, mm-hmm. but also then potentially the, okay, well, you could have, you could have done this other thing, but you've you decided to do this because it, it does grant you a known quantity. Um, as well as it leads you to the ability to go to Kashyyyk to start to show this more, deeper issue of slave trade of strip mm-hmm. mining of xyz yeah yeah i like i i like the idea that they brought back um this this wookie jedi um you know they're not something that you see very often and if you're seeing it for the first time i'm, I'm glad you had that reaction chris you're seeing it for the first time you're seeing this guy this this character and you're going oh wow and he's also a jedi a jedi wookie that's that's cool you know they're pretty powerful anyway without any kind of weapons so uh can you imagine if they're force sensitive you know that's that's kind of a, a a good reaction to have to having the character for the first time and i know when i was watching it i was going oh is this gunji is this the character that we saw back in the clone wars because it's not that long ago it was only in season five yeah. it was towards the end of the run of clone wars so um so it's kind of good to revisit that character as well so uh, but as i say i think the misstep is not connecting that for the audience not connecting yeah. that for what what's happened since i suppose that that story of of the period since because again having any youngling any former jedi youngling who's been captured and is about to be traded on the slave trade by these smugglers is a pretty horrible thought in the dark times after uh, after revenge of the sith it's a pretty horrible thing that's happened to this character and and again i think that moment where he's um really fearful of the people that saved him because of what happened to him in the past is, is a really good moment to have, you know, but it's kind of explained uh, through Omega and they eventually uh, settle in with him and he eventually does trust about Batch and sees they're different. I, I do like that side of the story, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. But one other thing about the kind of introduction uh, to Gunji, again, an almost unspoken piece because it's it's in dialogue, but you're... But you're not given much explanation behind it. The idea that the Bad Batch are trading in chain codes is quite interesting. We saw chain codes being introduced last season. It's almost like the passports for the Empire. Uh, you have to be, you have to have a passport. They have to have a way to track you or else you're not able to live within the Empire. So they're now in the black market for these. Uh, they're now creating them and selling them on the black market for people that need to have a chain code but aren't getting the official ones from uh, from the empire yes. basically. So this is something that in the background you're, you you would ha- you the rebels would need to be able to traverse the empire. So that's an interesting story in itself that's going on in the background but only dealt with in that op- in the opening moments of the episode. Um but I do like that that's the kind of stuff they're dealing in. That's stuff that you can jump off from and make a wider story out of. Yeah, no, for me that and I I'm hoping they do because we've seen more and more on chain codes in ships where it's basically the Empire chain codes. And I'm going now into Andor yeah, territory exactly. where we start mm. getting into that where there's falsified kind of or old chain codes that haven't been used in months or years blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, where they changed the chain code every two weeks on these ships or these things because to stop what the batch are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes sense. In real life, you have people falsifying driver's licenses yeah. and passports. Like, 
gangs will do this. And we have to remember, Sid is a smuggler. Mm-hmm. Sid is dark. And they, the Batch are dealing with necessary evil in order to um, essentially kind of get by. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting where they go further on this because they they do abandon the mission to go to Kashyyyk. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, they do. Another failed mission for the Bad Batch. Uh, again, they don't get any payment for this. Tech said he created the chain codes here as well, didn't he? Um, yeah. He said he's yeah. the one that falsified them. He's the one that created them. So, uh, so of course, they can go and create more and sell them on uh, afterwards. But again, to your point, Chris, this is the sixth episode of the season and another failed mission uh, for the Bad Batch. This is supposed to be giving them another big score. Chain codes, I'm sure, are very, very lucrative within uh, within yeah. the yeah. places that don't want to be part of the Empire, the underbelly of uh, of this galaxy. So uh, so it's probably uh, something that they would have been expecting to get a big score from. And again, didn't uh, pull yeah. off the mission. Not only did they not get the DOSH, they also lost the codes um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of getting out of their predicament that Amiga puts them in by mm. rescuing uh, the Wookiee uh, that's being sort of tasered and beaten up by mm. the the Vanguard Axis uh, robots. Yes. So, um, yeah, I, I do like the fact that, you know, Echo effectively lets his guard down as uh, Amiga goes off on a, a, an exploration of this this ship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I kind of like that. I mean, even I think on Omega in in this season so far, it's she's kind of been in the background a, a little bit. You know, e- e- even on on this. What I mean is, it. To, I think to Chris's point, you know, that he he's brought up around. You know, is she force sensitive? Is she? You know, she's the Omega to um, Boba Fett's Alpha. Mm. That it. Or beta. Or yeah. beta. You yeah. know, that is... Django would be the alpha. Sorry, that's just gone into my head. Yeah. yeah, Django would be you the know, alpha, Boba Fett the beta, and she's the Omega, I think. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that element, um, you know, isn't coming through at the moment. Hmm. Um, and maybe it's not going to, but, uh, it, you know, yeah. it's, it's just certainly uh, in terms of um, Omega's role here. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Like a, a traditional animation, you would have the young character being the the one that wins every week. Like that's kind of you know we talked about that before. That you know even in in the uh, the Formula One episode, the uh, the riot racing episode, it's not Omega that takes on the job to win. It's uh, it's Tech. So um, so I kind of like that in the show that they're not making Omega the center of this. The Bad Batch as a whole, including Amiga, are the central. Yes, okay, um, yeah. Which I, which I kind of like. But I, I think you're still going into each episode expecting that that's what's going to happen. The plucky young upstart is going to become the center of it all. Because that's kind of what we got with Ahsoka in Clone Wars, right? Yeah. That first movie of Clone Wars with Ahsoka, she was the most annoying character created in the Star Wars universe. And by season three of the Clone Wars, she was probably all of our favorite Jedi that watched the show. And then by the season seven, you're going, I can't wait for the spinoff of Ahsoka because that, that character yeah. is amazing, you know? Um, or Ezra in Rebels. Or yes, Ezra in Rebels. Exactly. Ezra started yeah. as... So that's why I do think there is an element of this, like Omega. And I think that's why they're not touching on it as much because... We've seen it before. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So. They didn't set her up as an annoying character for the first two seasons. She's just she's there with the batch, and they're taking care of her as their as the uncles' dads that they are, uh, effectively. But they're not allowing this character to be the annoying character uh, who's knows everything and wins every week. Yeah. Just, she's a part of the batch, and they're 
there's a re- there's the reason they're trying to keep her safe uh, and and uh, and work with her throughout the show, which I which I think is a a much better choice when they, as you say, did that twice with two other shows before. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I still think they're going to do it, though. But let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> they might, they might. But when they do escape with Gunji, the the mission kind of moves on to our our blaster point too, right? Because he's he's there because he was trying to escape from um from the Jedi Temple to get back to Kashyyyk. Or I don't know whether he actually says the Jedi Temple. He says that that's where he was trying to get to. Is trying to get back to his home world of Kashyyyk, which is our blaster point too. <laughs> So yes, Blaster Point 2 is going back to Kashyyyk again under attack, again being stripped of all of its, um, of all of its minerals and the people itself, the, the Wookiees, um, being captured. Uh, that's, that seems to be where we are in the timeline. You know, we say that this is something that we've seen a few times before, but they're all stories that took place within this time period, right? Because, um, Yoda was on Kashyyyk when it was attacked by the Empire, which would have happened towards the end of Revenge of the Sith. This had taken place a few months or maybe a year after uh, the end of Revenge of the Sith, right? I think that's yeah, roughly yeah. the timeline. So um, so it seems like after Yoda and uh, and some of the Wookiees escaped, um, there is this sustained attack on some of the smaller villages or some of the smaller cities uh, on the planet, effectively, with uh, with the Republic using uh, the Trandoshans. Yeah. Yeah, and in Fallen Order, we go to Kashyyyk and there is a mine or a kind of slave mining operation. Mm-hmm. So we've seen that there. Yeah, which is about, and, and uh, Jedi Fallen Order is about another five or six years on from yes, this period exactly. as well. Yeah. So we're, again, we're just seeing, this is the cool thing we keep talking about with the batches. It, up until Andor, this is as close as we've seen on the, the, the birth of the Empire. And like we've talked about how the currency was being built and changed, mm-hmm. the chain codes, all this very nerdy stuff, that lore stuff that we've been, yeah. we're always kind of asking about and, or interested, not asking about, interested. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Kashyyyk, I'm really, I'm always, we've talked about the slave trade and we can probably touch on that in a second, mm-hmm. but the, the mining is interesting for me because have they yet actually said what the minerals are? Is it just like, like, because we know in other planets and stuff, they've done it for kyber crystals mm. because it was kyber rich and that's why they've kind of mined there. Um, and I know in there was one other one where it was the minerals. They were mining something in one of the other shows for the minerals for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's connected. Is it like the, the, the special metal that is the generator for the Death Star yeah. is on Kashyyyk, and that's why they're strip mining Kashyyyk. I'm hoping we get to that, because one of the only major planets that has been strip mined to the point of where it is, is Kashyyyk. And it would just be cool to know what those minerals are. But again, this is the nerdy lore bit in me going <laughs> i'm just curious now <laughs> i'm like yeah. what what or is it just like hey we're we're already gonna take all the people so let's just take like what happened in africa we're already taking the people so let's just take mine the diamonds and everything else out of the out of the oil and the coal out of the ground while we're here well that's it i, th- I think i think that's the parallel isn't it and i mean it, it's even that you know, 
they're burning down villages. It's mm. not even the yep. the biggest cities or, or um, encampments on Kashyyyk. These are our villages, and it's yeah. like systematic um, sort of destruction of the villages, enslavement of the Wookiees. Mm-hmm. I guess because they're strong, so yes, maybe yeah. you know, in terms of that. For, for for working within these empire facilities, moving really heavy stuff, yes. um, and also, you know, it, it's not just that; it's that cultural. I mean, we have that reference from the Trandoshan general who says, you know, we found more of these standing stones and just burn them effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, wipe it out. It is effectively like cleaning this this planet of its inhabitants uh, as much as its wealth, whatever that may be. And the Standing Stones would be kind of a religious artifact of the Wookiees. So if you're clearing the Standing Stones, you're effectively trying to wipe them out completely from the planet. I did look it up while, uh, while you were, you guys were speaking what it is that they were providing. So, uh, on the, on the planet of Kashyyyk, they were taking the wood. Um, so they were using the enslaved Wookiees to cut down the trees of this forest planet so that they could give lumber, uh, to the empire. Um, they were also farming uh, on the planet so they could create supplies for the Imperial forces, forces as well. And finally, they were taking uh, Rorschach. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was trying to work out how to pronounce that. <laughs> Which is what's used in the Imperial beams. So it's what's used for their ah, weapons, effectively. Ah, okay. so, uh, so that's kind of a, uh, a crystal that they take uh, from the planet as well to create their, their beam weapons. That's cool. I, I like, again, so that, that's been discussed, but that's been discussed in a very kind of rare offshoot of something mm-hmm. where it's yeah. been discussed. So I'm like, this is again, what I like about the batch. We're just seeing for a kid or for the young kid, for the younger audience, mm-hmm. this is just a fun story yeah. about Gunji and his home. For those of us who are a bit older, you can literally make direct parallels back to colonial England mm-hmm. and the colonization of different countries in the world and the greater the British Empire and the the, the dark empire. Mm-hmm. Well, the other dark empire. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we can start like you can make adult parallels between what the writers are trying to talk about yeah. when they say this burn the sanding stones and the mm-hmm. mercenaries and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Sheik itself um stays under Imperial control uh up until a couple of years before uh, a Star Wars A New Hope. So I think they're under Imperial control for about 20 years uh, as their planet gets um, gets taken apart. So uh, as far as I remember, it's eventually, and, and this could not be, this might not be canon anymore, but as far as I remember, um, Han Solo and Chewbacca get involved in the liberation of Kashyyyk a couple of years before A New Hope. So I think that's gone now. That's probably not that, canon that was anymore. one of the cool yeah. legends from the comics of the book. The book, the, 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 the Solo books. Mm. But I believe... Here's a bit of nugget. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is talk of a solo too. I and hope apparently so. that was part of like, that was one of the scripts mm. because they were going to pull the, it's a trilogy, isn't it? Those books? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. The solo books. And I think that they were going to pull all that into a kind of get him right up to the Tatooine, mm. um, kind of bar. Um, in Solo too, right? But uh, yeah, we know how Solo One went. So. I think it makes sense because obviously the liberation of the Wookiees in Solo, um, when uh, Chewbacca comes and, and frees his people who are enslaved, you know, I think it would make sense that that would be the next place that Solo would go on to with yeah. uh, with Chewbacca. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
Yeah. Good stuff. Should we move on to blaster point number three, which is the wrapping up of the, the, the rest of the story and how we get to the end of the episode, essentially? Yeah, so let us get on to blaster point three. I kind of really liked uh, on this uh, the demise of uh, General Venomar, the the G- Trandoshan general here, mm. who is, you know, burning down these villages. They're tracking to find the Jedi. They realize, along with the um, Imperials, that there are Jedi scars on the the tanks that mm. they've attacked to protect uh, the the Jedi. And so I kind of like that the the plan here when Hunter offers to help protect the village and Gunji uh, for the head of this village, Yeni. Um, I guess this is the little snippet, you know, that the trees are part of their spiritual world and that they have a plan and it involves these kind of spider-like creatures. So I I like how General Venomar gets... um, sort of captured by these spiders Mm -hmm, and it's kind of it's actually pretty dark in Mm -hmm. in that sense you you can imagine him being sort of uh, bound up and and fed to the 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 young spider Mm -hmm. type uh creatures as well (laughs) uh but he there's a little lord of the rings there the way you've explained it it, yes exactly yeah a bit shelobby um but also you see gunji there sort of putting down his lightsaber because Mm. these creatures only attack when feel threatened otherwise you know i guess it's like um sort of with with dogs you just don't make eye contact Mm -hmm. um yeah bears (laughs) or bears or elephants i guess well any animal that potentially attacks you you don't look at them in the eye yeah (laughs) our cat like (laughs) charlie the podcat don't look her in the eye exactly <laughs> he leaps on you, tries to rip your throat out. He no. doesn't. He no. doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. So he tries to lick your face. That's all. <laughs> Which is worse when you smelt his breath. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for me, that this was a, it was a, a fitting kind of end, if you want to call it that. Mm. Um, and it, again, it's that you're giving Gunji his. Just desserts, his kind. Well, you say you're giving the general his just desserts and giving Gunji his kind of his moment to shine in for those who are new to him. Mm-hmm. You're kind of seeing him in his bit more glory. You're seeing the batch do what they do best. Yeah. Um, and bringing it all together in kind of attempting to kind of be the good guys. They, they're falling more and more into somewhat of the good guy role when, in theory, the Bad Batch are essentially just smugglers and bad guys. Not bad guys. Morally grey guys just trying to survive. Yeah. And it's turning into that kind of... like They will, at some point, theoretically fall into the, the, the rebels and work with the rebels yeah. to try and save against the Empire. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, they started out obviously as a, as an elite force of the clone forces. So the top of the top of the evil guys in the universe, effectively. So these stories should hopefully all add up to their knowledge and, and their want to help other places yeah. in, in the galaxy. You know, seeing a place like Kashyyyk, which is a beautiful 
place. Like it's a beautiful planet that we've seen in in different ways, but seeing it being stripped of all of its resources, you know, the, the mention here that you, that you made, John, of the the trees themselves being almost sentient and part of the society, having the Wookiees have to cut those down for firewood. Like that's quite a big, um, that's a horrible thing to put your your uh the the, the these creatures through i suppose um they're sacrificing something that's really important to them to support an empire so having our bad batch here seeing what the empire are actually doing across planets will hopefully kind of bring us back to that conversation we saw between hunter and echo where echo was trying to convince hunter that they need to do something more for the people in the galaxy yes they saved amiga from camino but there's other people that need saving and now them seeing these types of experiences across the galaxy being caused by the empire will hopefully lead the bad batch to be leaders of the rebellion or support the rebellion in some way and help the people who are being trodden on by the empire as they uh start ruining the rest of the galaxy yeah absolutely and uh, of course ultimately you know gunji has his new home he's adopted um by this village in into their uh society which is a nice end for Gunji. Um, although it does make me wonder what kind of hellscape his other Padawan Jedi's are in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, uh, on Gunji, um, and I'll kind of round out my, my kind of final point on this. Um, this, this leads me to, and I, I kind of discussed it with you guys before we recorded, my wider issue, not issue, my wider kind of like, huh? That is starting to unfold with the, the, the universe that is the Star Wars universe, which is you do now have another Jedi who at the time before A New Hope is now back in hiding, not kind of hiding. So like we're getting more and more big Jedi or powerful Jedi. You've got Cal Kessis from the video games. Mm-hmm. You've got now, um, Gunji, you've got Ahsoka, you've got all of these guys before or and or after um the the kind of the original trilogy, so a new hope to uh, Empire and Jedi, they are floating around. So mm-hmm. you're getting more and more and more Jedi. So I'm just wondering, I want more I, I do want a new Jedi show then. Um right. give me give me something a bit more with this because now we know that there are many Jedi who survived. Mm, There's not yep. just like a few here or there. Like we're getting up into like more than a handful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're Jedi prob- probably talking about twenty or thirty named Jedi. I'd say at this stage that that are, yeah. that are probably alive yeah. and in hiding but you know i know nobody wants to talk about attack of the clones uh, most people forget about attack of the attack of the clones but the one thing that that movie did show was how many jedi were there and that was only a a um one battle that we saw yeah. where we had all the jedi completely come in and overrun this arena uh hundreds were there yeah. um when the clone forces turned that was effectively if you were near the clone forces you would be killed by them. Um, so there's obviously other Jedi out in the galaxy and ones that weren't discovered, uh, which will be coming, which, which will, um, become force sensitive over the years, ones that weren't in training, uh, yeah. during that time. So I like that that story is out there now. And, and we know there were expanded universe stories that were, that became 
legends, as they say, which means not canon. Um, but I like that they're kind of setting this stuff up where, so that we could have a potential Jedi show in the future. We could have that potential, that idea of creating a new um, central Jedi order in the future where all of these people come to train. We've seen that with Grogu in uh, in yeah. Mandalorian. So, um, so there hopefully will be a story where they will take some of these Jedis that we're seeing and when they come out of hiding, what happens to them will be the story that can be told in the future. But it's, yeah. I, I do think it's being set up intentionally, uh, in, in a way, uh, in this universe to properly have the ability to tell these stories. Because one of the things that's been the criticism of Star Wars in the path is that they keep going back to the Skywalker storyline over yeah. and over again. So I do think there, when you see this, these things in the background aren't there for no reason. I think they're there because it gives them opportunities to do things in the future. They want Star Wars to last till long after we're gone. Um, so a way to do that is set up these ideas that people can possibly take and, and turn into yeah. stories in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that for me is just, I, I, I'm kind of getting closer and closer to just give me that now. Like, right. give, me, give me one <laughs> yeah, of those yeah. stories. Absolutely. Give me, we do know there is the Jude Law kind of one coming up and I'm hoping maybe that's like five younglings and Jude Laws and a uh, uh, Jedi in, tr- in hiding um, kind of thing where he takes them on their kind of uh, on a training kind of piece. Mm, ske- I, skeleton I, crew, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skeleton crew. Uh, I'm hoping that's somewhat there, but uh, again, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we have Ahsoka coming up, which is going to be amazing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, cool. We now know there's 20 to 30 Jedis yeah. just hiding. doesn't even need to be those 20 or 30. You can just give me, hey, we, we, over the course of a series, you bring together 20 or you bring together five, four sensitive people uh-huh. who have to learn it by themselves. And you get that introduction to a brand new order, mm-hmm. but they don't know what they're doing and they're working their way through. Yeah. I think it's just that as... This show and the many others talk about the Jedi and hint and touch or, or show lightsaber battles, which is for me one of the coolest elements of Star Wars. Yeah. I just want more. Of and course. I think just having Gungi just now there, like going off and being adopted by one of these tribes, mm-hmm. I'm just like, cool. Where was he for the rest of the known history? In hiding, Chris. In hiding. <laughs> it, ju- it does tend to make Yoda seem really callous. He, yeah. He sent out this warning message when Order 66 was was uh, released and when they realized that they were about to fall as a Jedi Order to say, go into hiding everybody. Then he went off to Dagobah and just sat there um, for years and years on end until Luke Skywalker went and sought him out. So he was he was still in hiding. He was still unwilling to go out into the world and fire the galaxy and find all the rest of the Jedis in hiding, uh, at least not in stories that have been told yet. Uh, but I would love that idea if we had someone like Ahsoka, possibly, who was not in the Order. That's why she survived, but she was no longer in the Jedi Order. Um, so potentially her going out and trying to find other Force-sensitive people and bringing them into protection in some way. Maybe that's the story that we'll see in Ahsoka in the future. But only time will tell of that one. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that was my rant. Let's go back to your regular <laughs> schedule programming of the end of The Bad Batch. So yes, overall, what did you think of this episode of The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 6, Tribe? John? Uh, I, I liked it, you know. Um, I really did. Uh, it was great to have uh, Gunji uh, back in the frame. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I would have liked a bit more connectivity to Clone Wars because if you didn't know, 
he he is there, and he, mm-hmm. you know, number of episodes in in that. Um, but I'd give this uh, four firefighters out of five. Um, and it I, did I, lead to you watching eleven episodes of the Clone exactly. Wars back to back to back. Like I think I that was yeah. it. You know, um, I, I just liked the the whole uh, vein of it, um, and seeing the Bad Batch. And the Wookiees, given their mutual distrust, um, that would have been there initially, mm-hmm. soften Amiga as that kind of, um, midpoint to be able to bring them together uh, and, uh, just that changing view of the Bad Batch. I'm, I'm liking that arc within the mm-hmm. show so much, even though I think it could be done with being pulled a bit closer, yes. a bit more tightly. Um, and maybe that's what will happen in the next two episodes, given that they're a double bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, real, uh, possibility there because, you know, we, we do know there is the emperor mm-hmm. in this, um, season. So, you know, they're, they're going to be going deep into the heart of imperial territory. I'm mm-hmm. guessing maybe yeah. uh, with this. So, yeah. I think uh enjoyed this episode. Um so four firefighters out of five for me. Excellent. How about yourself, Chris? Um good to see an unknown Jedi to me for the first time. Uh no, sorry, I was riffing on John. Um the fun part here for me was just the additional lore of Kashyyyk, of the Wookiees, and kind of some of the, the chain codes and everything we've discussed already, notwithstanding on the, the Jedi stuff um, that we ended that conversation with. Um, for me, the only aspect that I am now is we're three for three. Three connected universe stories that kind of move the story along. Three or kind of fun of the week kind of elements where we can dive for a bit more. I am very hopeful that next week we are getting a double hitter where that should give us the assumption being that because it's a double hitter, we are going to get more story on season two and it will be a bit more connected and Mm -hmm. that will move the story a bit more forward. And that's kind of where I am. I'm like, cool. I've had, I've now had my fun fill. Give me, give me some, a bit more meaty. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but overall, just a kind of a nice romp. It gave me lightsabers. It gave me whoosh, whoosh, pow, pow, pew, pew, and uh, <laughs> some additional lore. So yeah, overall, good episode. What about yourself, Derek? Um, I probably judge this episode in two ways. Um, as an episode itself, um, wasn't entirely successful for me, but there's like it's a fun episode. It's good to see, you know, a character like uh, like Gunji, a, a Wookiee with a lightsaber, being saved by the Bad Batch, them um, giving up their mission to bring him back home. And when they when they get home, they find out the planet's been uh, is under attack effectively, and they have to work with uh, with Gunji. That's a that's a good storyline for the episode. But I think where it, where it fails, the other kind of judgment I'd have on the episode is that it doesn't connect this very well to all of the other things that have come in the past. You know, it is a totally standalone episode. And I don't think it needs much. I think it's just a line here or there to to explain how sad it is to see Gunji on his own trapped and the rest of the younglings that the last time we saw him with are all gone. I think having a moment with that character to to realize how much he's been um, ill-treated, effectively. He's been kidnapped. He's been taken away from all the rest of the people that he lived his life with. Um 
if you scratch under the surface as we as we've done in the podcast here there's loads of interesting things it's touching on but will people scratch under the surface of the episode or will they just watch the episode and miss out on the connections that that we've been able to see here you know um as i say you know that there's a moment there with with gunji where he's um distrustful of the bad batch because of what's happened to him in the past but that's not the only sad experience he's gone through in the no, last exactly. in the last couple of months or last year or two um and he's about to go back to a planet that he's never been to in his in his mind he's never been to it before he was born there and taken away by the jedi so um those are all really interesting things that are going on but way too far under the surface to pick up on unless you're actually sitting down and talking about them so so as an episode itself it was it was okay but i like I like what was underneath, and I wish they connected the two, kind of, kind of as you said, John, as well. But um, let's hope that there'll be a, a really good uh, episode coming up uh, in the in the future of the series. These are these are fun adventure episodes, but I'd like to get a bit more, a bit deeper, and a bit more connected uh, as the series goes on. Excellent stuff. Thank you so much, fellow Batchers, for joining us once again for our sixth episode of The Bad Batch, season two, Tribe. Uh, we will be back with you next week with the. Double episode, episode seven, The Clone Conspiracy, and episode eight, Truth and Consequences, which are both Ooh. released on Disney Plus on February 8th. Nice. Mm-hmm. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you subscribe because we are also covering The Last of Us on HBO right now, a very different show uh, with lots of different stuff going on than going on in the in the Clone uh, Clone Wars. But um, I guess the galaxy could have ended off like uh, Earth did in the, in the Last of Us, being completely empty of people uh, try, just trying to survive, right? Exactly. Well, yes. I'm trying to make a connection, guys. No, I don't <laughs> think probably, there is, really. probably very different audiences. Other than the Mandalorian uh, is, is the, the lead, it's a lead character. one of the lead yes. characters in The Last of Us. That's very yes. true. That's very true. That, so that maybe would... Grogu will pop up uh, and save them from some clickers. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't expect it, but... Uh, well, no. So the fungi infection in The Last of Us is actually the Metachlorians. Oh. It evolves <laughs> in the future and becomes Metachlorians, and that's how you get Jedi. There you go. Wow. Okay. That, we've all stretched very far there for some yeah. kind of connection. I think John got closest with the, at least the actor at being Pedro in Star Pascal. Wars. Yes. <laughs> that's about it. That's about it. But thanks so much for joining us. Hope you're going to join us for that podcast as well. Yes, thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, don't forget you can support us over on Patreon by heading on to patreon.com slash TV Podcast Industries, where you can support us for any ongoing monthly amount and it helps keep the lights on, the hamsters running, and Derek involved in caffeine. But if you want to buy him a coffee and keep him caffeine fueled, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI, where you can support us with a one off payment and a one off coffee, and it is very much appreciate it mm-hmm. but don't also forget you can just support us by sharing the podcast writing a review and all that because if you share the podcast you're what gentlemen sharing the, sharing love. the love i missed my cue there all right <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for joining us fellow batches until next week keep watching keep listening and keep being bad bye bye bye, bye.